Hey everyone, this is Chris Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We have um, actor and composer Scott Evan Davis coming on. He's done some great things out there and we're excited to kind of talk to him. And I keep saying we because I'm used to my sidekick, but you see she's not here today. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to get through this. So it's the, the it's the royal we right it's the royal we how are you doing thank you for having I'm me doing great so i always like to start the same way as you know a lot of people this past 18 months has been really devastating to the entertainment world and i always want to talk about that first how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to kind of get through this you know right before the pandemic like i would say a month before we all went inside what was it march 13th or something like that mm -hmm. um i had just done um a really successful development workshop for um a, a show that i have that's in in pre-broadway development and oh, wow. we were very excited and the next step was getting it into a theater and and you know there was a lot of momentum and then everything happened wow. so for me when it started happening i had a choice i could really kind of like live in the fear of what am I going to do? Because I teach voice lessons. I teach piano lessons. I'm musically, oh, wow. I compose and that's how I make my living. And I kind of obsessively for the first month <clears throat> just did crash courses in every technological thing that I could do so that I could switch to a virtual studio without missing a beat so that I could, you know, and then creatively I had to sort of do this to it because it just wasn't an option. I mean, I had to survive and work. Yeah. And so as time went on, I did virtual collaborations, which were amazing. Um, I wrote a song. Opened a world of possibilities too. Yeah, you? you know, people that I wasn't gonna get to work with because of distance or something, you could sort of, it was kind of beautiful that way. And I also worked for a company called Epic Players and we moved all of our classes online. Oh, wow. And so, I, you know, I'm very grateful to have kind of learned what I learned because <laughs> now that it's coming to the other side of it, a lot of that is carrying over, you know, I still, my students are still virtual just because yeah. it's more convenient. So a lot of good came from having to sort of rethink how you work, but yeah. creatively speaking, you know, now in my show is, is back up and, and, and we're getting it into a theater next season and it's exciting, but there was a time there where nothing was, <laughs> it was just anybody's guess. And I know? think now you can get the best of both worlds because everybody's learned the technology. I think a lot Absolutely. of, I've already seen an art, you know, as you know, through this whole pandemic, a lot of artists would ha um, have these online shows pay like five bucks and yeah. you attend the show. Well, now you can go do a show, set up your live stream and still get that revenue from that so that the world can be part of it too. That's exactly what I'm doing this weekend. I have shows at Joe's Pub on Sunday and Monday and we're gonna live stream it as well as have people in the audience. So, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways sometimes, but- yeah, That's like with us, you know, we launched this show January of 2020 um, and our original plan, I mean, a couple months before COVID, our original plan was to do 100 interviews last year. And we thought if we could do that, that'd be a great foundation for the first year. And then COVID happened. And I'm watching everything get shut down. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, um, this could be our silver lining. This might be, you know, we can't change COVID, but we have to find a way through it. 
And because of that, we stepped up our game and everything. We did over 300 interviews last year and we're at over 460 now. Wow. Congratulations. That's a lot. Um, but that's sort of what I mean. You know, we just sort of had to, you really just had a choice. You could either give in to acquiescing the fact that nothing was happening or that, you know, give in to the fear, you know, and or push yourself to sort of reinvent who you are and what you do and still maintain your creativity in whatever way you could. And um, good for you. <laughs> Love that. So, um, you know, everybody would probably ask, when did you know you wanted to act and be a musician and all that? I would like to go deeper than that. When did it click that all this could be a career move for you? I mean, honestly, my life, I feel like my life has been in such chapters that are so different from each other. When I was a kid, I mean, I wanted to be a professional bowler until I was 12 and oh, wow. truly, or a cartoonist. And then I found <laughs> theater um, and, I, and I sort of had this passion to be an actor and that's what I spent most of my life doing. And I, I taught myself to play the piano when I was 12 because I really wanted to learn for whatever reason. And I just was always sort of really into it. And I went to performing arts college and performing arts high school. And up until I was 30, I was a professional actor and that's what I thought I wanted to do. And then I wrote my first song when I was 30. And that was a very random, wow, affected. I had no, well, I had no idea that that was what was gonna happen. I mean, it actually happened because of a dream that I had. And I, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting story, but, I started writing at 30 and from then it was like, oh, I wrote my first song and then everything else, the performing side of it was sort of tucked away. And then I just wrote and that's what my life became. And then until recently with, you know, social media and TikTok and all that stuff, it's giving me more of a platform to maybe perform again or do things like that because it's part of me. But, mm -hmm. you know, I just feel like I can compartmentalize my life and say, oh, that was my actor days. Oh, that's my composer, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's just like, you know, we struggle. I mean, I've been married 19 years now. We've done probably over 100 different business ideas that all failed. <laughs> but like they say, it's not a failure. It's a learning lesson. Of course, there are no failures. All the, each thing taught us a little bit here, a little bit there. And so all of a sudden we get to the show in 2020. And I, and I remember doing the very first episode. We had two guests on that day. And um, and after it was over, I told Sandy, I found it. This is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and, and, love and, it. and it was funny because, you know, here it is. I, I just turned 50 this year. So I guess I was 48 during that time. You know, so, you know, you just never know at what age you're going to something's going to click and you're going to be like, wow. I just turned 44 two weeks ago and I now I'm on TikTok. I mean, I didn't know what TikTok was in December. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And here we are. So, I mean, I think it's very funny because whatever you're supposed to do will sort of find you, I think, mm -hmm. as you go. But um, everything before that just gives you what you need, you know, for when yeah, you- Yeah, exactly. That's how I yeah, think about it. I mean, that's like in our 19 years of marriage, we, you know, and again, this kind of led to the show. We just didn't know it. But we would be on the streets and I would end up in conversation with, with people. And I'm talking about strangers now, not people I know. And Sandy would know that if, I, if we're in a conversation three minutes, four minutes, and it gets even a little deep, 
We're there 30, 60 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. I've done that thousands. We're, we're calling in dinner. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's like I've done that thousands and thousands of times. Little did we know I would do that for this show. Well, it's the gift of gab. So, I mean, if you know, what better thing than to have a talk show? Exactly. <laughs> Makes perfect so, sense. So, um, you got a little show yourself, don't you? On TikTok? Well, I mean, yeah. I do. Yeah, like, I go live every morning. I've been doing it for months now from 9 to 10 a.m., like Eastern Standard Time. It started just because I was told that if you went live, you could engage or grow your following more, pushes out content. But then I just started to love it. And I got to interview um, the psychic John Edwards, who had a oh, show wow. crossing over with John Edwards um, when I was a kid. But he was on TikTok, and we kind of he started following me, and <laughs> he... Um, you know, we sort of communicated and I ended up like going live with him for an hour and it just became something I really love to do just like you. I mean, I could sit and talk to somebody for hours about anything <laughs> and I just sort of love the idea of waking up, checking in and having people there just sort of communicating with me. It sort of grounds me in a weird way. I really like it. You know, what's funny is I, um, I get, I interviewed, um, a friend of mine who also does a show like ours is his focus more on boy band shows. Mm -hmm. And, and after the interview, I remember me and him got, me and him end up talking, forgot all about the time. And it was like three hours later. We're <laughs> 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 just sitting there chit chatting. <laughs> well, we have to cancel the last two interviews of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does happen. Like the hour for me, when I go on in the morning for an hour, I mean, it sort of just goes, right by because i never yeah. know what i'm going to talk about we talk about everything but i also i read every comment and respond to everybody and i think that's sort of just fun because people mm -hmm. feel like they're connected to and validated in some way yeah we got a TikTok with this of course at chris sandy show like everything else but we've never done a TikTok. i guess i'm off the start that's where you have to start you have to do one <laughs> <laughs> you should post you should post clips of these you know interviews to your your TikTok. That you know, that's what I've been thinking about doing to see how that does to get started and see where it goes. That's exactly what needs to happen. <laughs> so, um, as you know, a lot of people they see the glory in what you do, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to to not just make it big, but even to a livable wage type thing within entertainment. I always want to talk about that because I think it's one of the most glossed over things out there. You know, I think people think, oh, I got talent. I'll make it. But we both know it takes way more than that. And even sometimes it takes a little bit of luck too. As many people we talk to, I've seen that too, but you've got to work hard to get there. Um, so let's talk about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go through just to make it to where you are today. Okay. Well, I haven't eaten since 2016. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's, I have been a freelancer for most of my career. Okay. And I mean, I waited tables, I managed an IHOP. I, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of things because I've needed to do it, you know, to survive. Um, teaching has always been something that has been a very good supplement for me. Um, I've been teaching since I think I started teaching when I was 22. I fell into it, teaching theater, teaching piano, teaching uh, um, voice lessons. And that has been something that has been a really fulfilling way for me to sort of circumvent starving most of my life, <laughs> to be honest, um, because I love it just as much as I love to do anything else. But, you know, as an actor, I was doing fine. 
but I was struggling. And then as a composer, you know, it's I've been very lucky as a composer, but also anybody in the music business knows that you're not going to get rich because you write great music, you know, unless you do. And that may <laughs> happen. But, you know, you really need to find other things that you love and whether they're paired with what you do or not. For me, I have just as much of a passion for teaching that I do for composing and for writing. And, you know, I my one of the, my main jobs is Epic Players. It's a nonprofit professional theater company here in New York, and it's a neurodiverse theater company. So, you know, players um, uh, who are neurodiverse, can we sort of shine a light and, 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 and give everybody an opportunity to perform. And it's been an amazing thing. And, you know, if, if you can just sort of align what you do and what you love and what your passion is with what's going to make you some money, then I highly recommend it because it's a really good feeling. Love that. <clears throat> now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's go the other way. Let's talk about the glory side. A few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that. And I see that you also have the show Epic Villains coming up. Let's talk about that, too. Yeah, that's the company I'm talking about, Epic. And this weekend we're at Joe's Pub um, and the, it's a cabaret and mm. theme is villains where all the songs are geared for famous villains or certain villains or songs that they brought that they, you know, are creating as a villain. And, you know, we have a full band and Broadway guests that I'm bringing in to sing some duets. And it's really exciting. It's October 24th and 25th, 8 p.m. at Joe's Pub. It's also going to be streamed live oh, yeah. um but it's just been an amazing experience you know i i love my job there i love working with the community and i love working um with talent and they're all really talented so it's i love it it's a great it's, it's gonna be a, a fun job. i'm also hosting it so i'll be wow. at the piano you know i have a drummer and a guitar a guitarist and i'll be hosting so i'll be able to sort of inject humor i hope um in the evening and, and just sort of have a good time it'll be my first time playing performing in front of a live audience and there's two um we did a show at lincoln center a couple of weeks ago and mm. that was outside but this oh, wow. is sort of let's be on a theater with lights and oh, wow. you know you're talking about the hosting and i remember hearing steve harvey tell his story of his first time at the Showtime at Apollo, they were giving him a test run and they had him host. And they said, in, he said, in between like commercial breaks and all that, you would have a guest person come in to kind of take over the crowd. And and he said that he got, he developed a bond with it, with the audience that he never called anybody up. He says, I wasn't stupid. He said that um, I wasn't going to mess up the flow mm -hmm. <laughs> of the show. So he says, I stayed on. For, from beginning to, to the end, right? I think that's on. brilliant because the audience has to warm up to you and they have to sort of understand who you are and how you engage with them. And I think the longer that can happen, the better. I love it. I, I am happiest sitting behind a piano with a crowd in front of me. I love that. Um, you know, it'll be fun because I'm going to be introducing each guest as the villain that they're representing. <laughs> so I'll get to sort of banter a little bit. I don't know. It'll be fun. I hope. That is awesome. So as you know, a lot of people, they see the, you know, they see what you do, but they don't see the teams behind you. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love they deserve. So take a few minutes to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. I mean, I can only go by teams as individual people, 
because yeah. that's sort of what's been my path. Um, when I was at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, uh, AMDA, here in New York, going to college, I met a mentor who really was the first person to believe in me in the way that you need someone to believe in you as, oh, wow. as a mentor figure. And um, that person was also in the last two years of his life at the time. And he was diagnosed with, with cancer and he was given a very short, like about a year to live. So in that last year or two, he was really able to sort of just kind of give me everything as, as a performer, as a teacher, everything that he was, because he was a brilliant teacher yeah. and sort of just infuse in me a lot. And, you know, we had a falling out right before he passed away and we never really resolved it. And wow. what I was saying before about why I started writing music in the first place is because it wasn't until I was, this is when I was 20, 20 years old, that happened. You know, then I continued working, being an actor. When I was 30, I was in an off-Broadway play and I had a dream and he was in my dream oh, and wow. he looked great and he was healthy and he had his arms like this and he was going to hug me and remember like he passed away before we, we never resolved anything you know we had a fight he passed away and in the dream he hugged me and while he was hugging me that man was humming and he hummed a very like small bar of music and over and over and over again and it was wild because I woke up the next day, I couldn't get out of my head. And that became my first song. And um, I dedicated my first album to him. And so I was, that's one person in my team, to be honest, who's changed sort of the course of what I was doing. When I first started doing music, I just started playing in clubs and, and going to open mics and doing what I could do. And lo and behold, there was somebody in the audience and they became my arranger and believed in me and produced my first album. and. Honestly, it just sort of, that became my team. And now these days, it's the people I work with. It's, you know, the team of people that sort of I enlist as collaborators. Because if you don't continue working with the people in your life that help you and, and show up for them, then who are you? And yeah. what I love about my career is that I can look and say, okay, I've, I've worked with the same people for so many years. And that says something. That says something about the work. Yeah. I love that, you know, and talking about teams and stuff, all that, you know, we've got a third co-host and I say third, even though, she, again, I'm so used to saying third because she's here. And right. All that. But our, you know, our I see her right role. there. I don't know why you keep saying she's not there. She's right there. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. But we've got our nine-year-old. That's our third co-host. We allowed to come on and ask a few questions. Um, so Sandy's going to get him in here because she's listening. And so when he comes in, he'll do his I thing. I love that. And, you know, cause, and we got a two and a half year old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. Cause we are a family affair show and we try to keep it that way. I think that's great. Up here he comes. <laughs> oh, you got red shirt on too. Yeah. Hi Scott. So what's it favorite food? My favorite food, hands down, it's pizza. Ooh. It's pizza. I think if there's a food that I'll go to when I, I'm either stressed out or having a bad order like comfort food it's pizza it's pizza and ice cream sometimes pull because what's yours mine is pizza is yours pizza do you like pepperoni yes. pizza or not pepperoni pizza i like pepperoni do you do you like pineapple on pizza i never tried that before it's funny everybody keeps asking that and we right. have having try it yeah pizza lovers we're split down the middle i happen to love pineapple on pizza i do too you know, Good. I'm glad pie, uh, pizza is your favorite food because it means you're a great person. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, I can attest. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has his moments, but you know mm-hmm. what? What kid doesn't, right? What kid doesn't? Exactly. I mean, yeah, compared to what I was when I was younger, I'm like, okay, he's a godsend. <laughs> you know, again, I think when I think back to when I was, how old are you? Um, I'm nine. You're nine years old. Yeah. Um, I think that if I were to think back to when I was nine, I don't know if I could be so well-spoken. Do you know what I mean? I think kids are just growing up better these days. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show, God, I feel embarrassed even saying it, but that's okay. (laughs) That's why we're here. Um, I, to be honest, love the Real Housewives of anything. (laughs) I will watch stupid reality tv until my eyes fall out my wife and i are the same way our one of really? our favorites one of our favorites is siesta key is which one siesta key oh i actually haven't watched that one but i mean <laughs> i just am really into a lot and, and 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 sort of spooky stuff i'm one of those people that can watch youtube videos of like ghost paranormal stuff mm-hmm. like before falling asleep and just i don't know i kind of like that stuff <laughs> What's Wait, what's your favorite? Mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Did you ever see the musical SpongeBob? Yes, I have. Since Did you? Probably, yeah, probably it's one or two years ago. A great show. Actually, a good friend of mine is um, was in that show on Broadway, and she's uh, singing mm. at the Joe's Pub yeah. for us. Um, oh, wow. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. What's been cool with our show too is because we bring a lot of actors from Nickelodeon and Disney on a show he's you know that he looks up to a lot of them so he's totally. been able to talk to a lot of people that he sees on tv totally on his shows and i love that it. that must be so yeah. much fun for you do you love yeah. that yes i do yeah my, my wife and i always joke was like we he has no idea what the privilege he has i mean one day he'll realize it but right now he has this is just normal to him well the good news is this is all videotape you can play it back <laughs> yeah you know how good you had it watch this yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. I wish that I had more time to watch movies, but I will say that my all-time favorite movie of all time, forever, always, forever, would be the last movie of the Harry Potter series. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't remember what the name of it is, but that part mm-hmm. two, The Deathly Hallows, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I have other movies like you know that I love from when I was a kid, but that would be one I would think of. What's your favorite movie? Mine is the Minions movie. The Minions movie. Oh my God, it's a great movie too. You have good taste. Yeah. And and the Minions, I tell you what, they have developed such a strong brand too. (laughs) You know, whoever their marketing people are, genius. (laughs) Is that a Pixar? What is that? It's who who does those? The uh, do you know who does the Minions and Despicable Me's? Isn't I'm that Pixar? Gonna... I think it's Pixar. Maybe. Yeah, pretty sure it, it is. Yeah, has more than I do. Mm-hmm. Their marketing team is pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yes. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye. It was really great to meet you, my friend. Have a great Bye, day. Yeah, he's been in almost all the episodes. We enjoy having him on. He loves doing it. Amazing. Back next year, he's going to start us in around summertime his own little podcast. So we'll see how that goes. I was just going to suggest that he should do that. Good for him. <laughs> that's great i think it's fantastic and i think it's wonderful just in terms of like talking to people and connecting and engaging i think it's great 
You know, what's funny is, you know, before this show and all that, you know, we've done several different businesses here in Savannah, Georgia, and we would go to business events. And when he was younger, we would all go even, I mean, he'd be six and seven years old and we're going to these business events and Savannah's so laid back, they didn't care. So that, in fact, everybody loved it. So, so we'd bring him up. Now, granted, there were some events I knew not to bring him on, but for the most part, if it was just a networking thing, type thing he's coming with us well also did you see the smile on his face when he sat down i mean uh -huh. obviously he loves to like meet new people and, and talk and chat and ask questions so it's a great way to do it yep <clears throat> so if you could um co-star with any actor or actress who would it be and if you could co-write with any artist who would it be oh great questions um uh -huh. if i could co-star in a movie with anyone it would be barbara streisand and what would you um, want to play? Would you say? And what would you want to, what kind of role would you want to play? I'd bring her coffee. It wouldn't really matter as long as I was on the same breathing space as, as her. Um, no, honestly, like, you know, she did this great movie, um, Guilt Trip, I think it was called, where mm -hmm. she traveled from coast to coast with her son, like this, her grown son, and they were in the car. It's a great movie. It's a funny movie. So something like that. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, in a, in, a, in a fantasy world, I think that would be pretty amazing. Uh, a road trip with Barbara Streisand. I don't know if I can handle it. And then who would I love to write with um, or work with? I think if I could have a meeting with James Lapine, oh, who's wow. a playwright, who wrote um, Into the Woods, the, the script uh, for Into the Woods and other fantastic Broadway shows. Uh, so, hey, James, if you're watching. Uh, no, I think, he, I just think I would... It would be a dream to sit and have a conversation and work on a project together, to be honest. Speaking of writing, tell us a little bit about your album, Cautiously Optimistic. So that's my first album, and I released it a while ago. But do you remember when I was telling you my friend in my dream and yeah. that melody? That melody became a song called Cautiously Optimistic. Oh, wow. And that was my first song I really ever wrote, um, just the first one that came out. and. My first album, I called it Cautiously Optimistic and dedicated it to my teacher. Um, but it sort of was my first, I don't know, it just was the first thing that happened and then other songs happened from there. So the album had some really, really fantastic Broadway um, performers on it. Uh, Liz Calloway and Faith Prince and uh, just some really fantastic performers. And I got to work with some Broadway legends that I couldn't believe were singing oh, wow. my music at the time. Um, but yeah, that one will always have a special, and it's like one of the few songs that I've released that I sing, because normally I get Broadway people to sing my stuff. <laughs> and, um, I, there was a song I wrote called I Am, which is now a show choir song and like sung all around the, the, the world is a show choir piece, which I think is hysterical. But um, I sang it and it was like the first autobiographical song that I wrote. But no, Cautiously Optimistic was my sort of calling card to the world and saying, here I am, I'm writing now. <laughs> so speaking of Broadway, this probably has multiple answers, but what's a Broadway show you've seen or experienced, as they would say, that you wish you were in? As an actor? Yeah. Um, there was a show called Falsettos, um, which had a revival on Broadway a few years back. And there's a character, Marvin, who plays the dad. I've always wanted to play that part. Um, 
I think I would, I think I would really enjoy it. And um, aside from that, I think if I could be the baker in Into the Woods would be a fun part for me to play. It's funny you know, because I haven't performed in a while. You know what I mean? My career has <clears throat> become a, changed a, a little bit. So to think about that part of me is such an interesting question because it makes me, oh yeah, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> Bring back memories, right? Yeah, I, well, I used to, I used to, that's all I used to do. But yeah, that, those two things is what comes to mind. You know, we brought on um, Kurt Ella who plays in one of the dads in the show Side Hustle on. Oh, and, yeah. and, and little Chris loves that show. And we watch it and I'm sitting there like watching the dad. I'm like, I would love to play that part. Cause he, <laughs> <laughs> wait, are you, do you, have you acted? Are you an actor? No, uh, no. <laughs> but it would just be, you know, again, you know, it's, it's one of them things where he seems like he has so much fun. It's gotta be a lot of, and when we had him on the show, he talked about how much fun that was, but yeah, it seems like so much fun. And, you know, and all that. So I think it's if you're in the right part with the right team, with the right material, mm -hmm. it would be a blast. You know what I mean? I think I probably stand a chance to have a show I've written on Broadway faster than me being, uh, you know, cast with Barbara Streisand driving across country. But, mm -hmm. you know, miracles can happen. <laughs> I, I, well, let's make it happen. You may listen to watch this interview. Remember, here, right? where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the process, you know, what is the auditioning like um, for you, whether it's Broadway or as an acting job? Well, I mean, when you're an actor, you audition. You're, if you have an agent, you get called into an audition. If you go cold, you just show up and you audition. As a writer, you know, it's a little bit different, I think. I, you know, I just submitted a song, like uh, my agent had asked me to submit, they were looking for this new Disney animated thing and, and I wow. had to submit a, write a song and submit it as an audition. Um, so, I mean, you know, auditions change whatever profession you're in artistically, but as an actor, you know, the goal is to have a really good agent that can get you in the room where that you need to be in with the right people that you need to be in uh, to be really considered. So I would say that. <laughs> you know, the, you know, back in 2015, we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini before she was Kelsey. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests the same question. But one of the questions we asked her was where she wanted to be in five years. The answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living five, six years later. So she knew where she was going. Where do you want to be in five well, years? Well, hold on. Yeah, may, she may have known where she was going, but maybe it's your power. Maybe there's some good omen. I have to let me think carefully. This is like a genie's wish now. I have to. Yeah, because then, then in five years, we can use your story. I'm saying I have to be careful. You know, it's like, well, all right, I've already had lunch. <laughs> um, so, so five years from now, and it's really funny you should ask that because that is a question. So when you go live, I'm sure you know this, but you go live on TikTok, people can ask questions and comment and all that stuff. That question comes up. And I've been asked it a few times and I, and I, it's a hard one to answer, but where I yeah. see myself in five years is that I have a show that's been on Broadway. I mean, hopefully still running, but I would, I would <laughs> settle for it just getting there. Um, which, you know, I think is a possibility. Um, but that's number one. I would love a chance at some point in my life, maybe it's five years from now to have sort of a talk show for myself or something where I could expand what I'm doing in the mornings and, and somehow reach a different, you know, yeah. goal or, or something um, would be really fun. And um, 
I would love to see the work that I'm doing with Epic players currently grow, not only for myself, but the company itself, like sort yeah. of expand and infiltrate other states. Cause right now it's really New York based. Um, so I just think, you know, it's so funny. I, all of that is sort of true. It's all very true. That was very authentic. The real answer is, some days I wake up and I want to be famous as soon as possible or something. And then some days I just want to, you know, I think about all that other stuff and what it yeah. entails. And so one of the things that I did on, on one of my TikTok lives is I wrote a song in front of people, which oh, was wow. a fun thing to do. Um, I, I experience imposter syndrome a lot. Imposter syndrome is just that feeling of not really living knowing up. not really feeling like you deserve the things that you have in some irrational way and all of that stuff but it's a very real feeling and i wrote a song about it and you know i challenged myself to sit on my lives like right here my piano's right here and they were there and i wrote a song and then i released it it was released a couple of month a uh, couple of weeks ago like on itunes it's called falling every day yeah. and it's about my insecurities but it made me realize that the the what I really want there's a line in there that says um, I have so much I want to say but mm -hmm. I'm the only one who's standing in my way I wow. do my best to play the game I want the world to know my name but sometimes I want to vanish all the same and that is really a, a a pinpoint of how I feel I want it and then you know the fear sets in of like or the doubt you know and so I where exactly I see myself in five years is, is all of that. You know, I know exactly where you're coming from on that because, you know, sometimes, you know, we get some, you know, we get great guests on this show and we're just two ordinary people that just had this crazy idea to launch this. And then COVID happens that, that catapulted us a little higher level than what we were ready for. <laughs> and so all of a sudden we're doing this show and we've got people like Sarah Evans, you know, Randy Travis, Lee Bryce, um, Ed Asner. In fact, we were one of the oh, last. We were one of the last people to interview Ed Asner. Wow. Now I don't know if we were Legend. the last because we interviewed him last November, so we mm -hmm. may have been the last. I don't know what, what all interviews he's done since. That's amazing. <clears throat> but all of a sudden, all this is coming along, and it's like I want to be a Bobby Bone show, a Kelly Clarkson show, where one day we're like a married couple on a TV daytime show because you don't see that. And I, that's what we it. want. And then it's other days I'm like, well, how can we do this? Really? Well, who are we thinking we are? So that imposter syndrome. syndrome. Well, you have to answer your own question. Apparently your show is power. So you have to answer your question on your show, what you <laughs> see yourself in for five years. So it actually happens. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. One of the things that I do, and people ask me this a lot um, when they chime in with questions is like, what do you do for your insecurity or how do you stay motivated or how do you stay creative? And one of the biggest things I do is I'm a huge journal guy. Yeah. I wake up, I'm like a sunrise waker. I wake up at like 545, I watch the sunrise and I write in my journal. I know that sounds as cliche as you could possibly get, but it's the truth. And one of the things that I really do is I write at least two full, two or three full pages, well, two full pages of what I'm grateful for every day. And Something about that shifts the energy that is around you and that circles around you, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think by 
because you can really get caught up in the doubts and the fears as we just talked about. But if you can sort of have a few minutes of your morning or your day or quiet time where you're really just writing what you're grateful for, just everything. And there is something subconscious and conscious that actually does start to shift and that I've noticed. But um, so I could recommend that because uh, I actually do think words have power. And even if you're writing them for yourself, it's powerful. It still works. So, you know, let's look even deeper down the road. Let's say we're 15 years down the road and you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you are there. Um, if the person you are today could meet him, your future successful self, what would you want to remind him? If the person, what would I want to remind them? Yeah. He's successful, really yeah. successful on a grand scale, biggest you can imagine. Good for him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, what I get would it. You, what would you want to remind him? I would probably want to remind him that I was always successful. And remember, because because success is a journey. His success is perspective. It is a journey, but it's also perspective. And the goalpost is constantly moved with success. Mm -hmm. So when I was 20, and I will get, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is all part of the answer, but when I was in my 20s, 22, 23, 24, 25, scrounging together money for a dollar pizza, not knowing what I was gonna eat, and you know what I mean? And just not knowing how I was gonna even survive. Well, the 30 year old version of myself with a job would have been like, well, that's, see, you know, it gets better. But then the 40 year old version of myself would have like, oh, but, now you're Broadway producers. And can you imagine that when you were 30? And can you, or, or the version of myself from two years ago thinking whatever, and then having hundreds of thousands of people following you on social media, which was a completely random experience that I didn't plan for. So if I was gonna talk to my future self who was wildly successful, I would probably smack him across the face and say, now I wished that you could have thought about how successful you were in each step rather than always working for that next thing that is then going to make you happy and feel validated and successful because you're going to get there. And then you're going to look back and say, well, that was really the same feeling that I feel now mm. all the way through my life, but you don't acknowledge it because you're always thinking that something better is going to happen. Exactly. And that's what I would say. Cause it's funny. It's funny. You say that because it making me think there are times where we book a really big guess. And I'm like, okay, who's who's next? And so I'm, I'm forgetting that who we just who we just Barbara booked. Streisand. There we go. <laughs> so I get exactly I what you're saying. Yeah, you know, because success is perspective. Success is if you have thirty thousand dollars in the bank and you had nothing before that, then you're successful. You make a hundred thousand dollars and you're like, oh. Well, that's success. So the goalpost always moves, and as it should, because the only way for us to sort of improve and, and, and strive for greatness is to continue to move the goalpost. But I wish that I could convince myself to sort of be in, in the present moment and really enjoy and appreciate the opportunities I'm given. Exactly. And I do, but I spend a lot of time being like, okay, no, that's great. But, <laughs> and, and that's natural. But I also think it's toxic in a way, too. So, um, but great question. No one's ever asked me that before. And that's how I would answer it. <laughs> I love that answer. So as we close out here, tell everybody how they can find you. 
Well, they can find me. My name is Scott Evan Davis, and um, I'm on Instagram, and um, I post like daily more personal stuff on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Um, I drink coffee and say sarcastic things, and people seem to um, commiserate <laughs> with that. Um, and I have a website, Scott Evan Davis, if you want to go listen to any of my music or read any articles or things like that, see what I do, the work for Epic Players and all that stuff, is uh, my website would be a great place to go. Great. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. I love and talking we, to and you. We look forward to having you back down the road. You're always welcome. Five years, right? I have it in my calendar. <laughs> so. Let's, do it. Let's do it sooner than that, though. Okay. I would love to. <laughs> and I really enjoyed meeting your son. Thank you for that. That's a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Take care. Day. Okay.